0: What's going on guys welcome back to the move local podcast brought to you by the movement My name is Dalton and alongside me today is my co-host Don Lazar. Don, how are we doing?
1: Great. Yeah, we've got some seventh coffee We had them on the podcast just the other week. I was over at their shop in Brantford this morning and it was Yeah, as good as it was the first time. So yeah, shout out to them pour some out
0: They were our last the most recent episode that just uh, just went out not too long ago. So check that out for sure Um, How do you like the coffee?
1: Yeah, so good. Um, I told him I was an Ethiopian uh, roast kind of guy and he's like, listen, I was too until I tried this Kenyan. So we're drinking Kenyan right
0: now. <laughs> Yeah, and I, and I enjoy it. My first sip was very good. Um, but I'm excited about today's episode. We are sticking in the, uh, the food industry. We have uh, Holly on the podcast today. She's the owner of Nourish Cooking Company, um, which is a company that's educating kids and people on plant-based um eating you know doing cooking classes all that stuff so holly welcome to the show
2: thank you thank you for having me how's your day been so far great yeah yeah great
0: and do you enjoy the coffee
2: i do enjoy the coffee yeah it's very good first time having it so that's yeah it's very good
0: cool um you know one place i wanted to start obviously like with the company um being based around cooking um how did like food become part of I mean, that's kind of a silly question, like food's going to be part of your life because you got to eat to survive, but how to become more of like a passion of yours?
2: Well, it's funny because I grew up in a family that was uh, very meat and potatoes, and uh, you know, my mom would make that pork chop and put it on the plate, and I would eat to live, basically. I didn't really enjoy dinner time at our house. Sorry, mom. I'm sure she's probably going to listen to this. Um... And uh, I just, I, I think a lot of us just eat the way or cook the way we grew up. You know, it's, it's kind of like uh, your culture shapes you how, you how you move forward as an adult, right? So um, I just, uh, I didn't love it. And uh, I actually went to a um, retreat in Eastern Ontario in my 20s. And I remember the woman saying, you know, it's a vegan menu. And I was like, all right, whatever, I'll try it. Uh, I don't care. I was going more for the yoga and the relaxation. And um, I remember she came in and she put the food down in front of us. And it was like this color explosion. Like it was just all of the colors. And, um, And then I took the first bite and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is like so colorful, so flavorful. And it's actually like, good for me like this is amazing I had no idea food could be this good because when I thought vegetarian I thought salads um, so that's sort of what started my interest and I thought gosh I wish other people could see that you know eating vegetarian or plant-based can be so flavorful
1: yeah I, I love me a good Buddha bowl for sure and uh, you know it's interesting that you comment on how the you know, your family influences and that upbringing, that culture influences um, how you yourself cook and eat. Right. Um, and, you know, my initial thought is like there's so much out there available from a recipes perspective, but it's almost like too much. Right. Um, so it's, it's really cool how Nourish does focus on the education side and like giving people that other, um, I guess, like a resource. Right. That can distill it.
2: Exactly. Again exactly yeah
0: in terms of like what plant-based means what 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 is that like could you describe it
2: yeah so whole food plant-based is sort of uh like eating i don't like to use the word clean because then it is it makes you feel like other food is dirty and uh, i don't like to put labels on things but to me when i tell people that i i try to eat plant-based it means just choosing you know fruit vegetables and non um animal products more often so uh, vegan is a very um, it's a strong label It has a quite a history and people who are vegan activists you know they're they're not wearing leather shoes usually they're you know they're they're all in with like no animal products or byproducts um, and I think that intimidates a lot of people from trying to eat more vegetarian or plant-based because they get a little bit like oh if I don't do this all in or I'm not, you know, I'm not there yet. Um, so I find by, ju- by just using the term plant-based, more people are open to, okay, I'll try that. You know, it's, mm. it doesn't have to be all or nothing. I can, I can dip my toe in that water and see how this is. And, you know, maybe start with one meal a week. And then before they know it, they're trying two meals a week or two recipes. Yeah.
1: It's funny, I think, I think as like humans, we are a little bit all or nothing. I mean, I certainly, I know I see that in myself and I've got to pull that back even from an athletics perspective or for, you you know, to kind of find that balance. And so I I like that, you know, that use of plant-based over like vegetarian or vegan. Um, I like, I like that as a, you know, as a label, I guess, (laughs) As as opposed to these more sort of very black and white.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I'm the type of person, as soon as you tell me you can't have something, then I, I'm sure most people, then you crave it. You want it even more, you know? Um, You know, you'll tell yourself, I'm not going to have a coffee this morning. And then it's like, you're, you're shaken by. No, we won't. (laughs) 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 Um, You know, so I always avoid putting the labels on myself. You know, other people can do whatever they want, but I find as soon as I label myself as something I I break it you know I I, then I'm like oh I really want to have that Um, so I find this is much easier for myself to just say you know I yeah I will eat dairy I will have pizza with dairy on it but if I can I'll choose the one more often that doesn't have you know
0: yeah it definitely seems like more welcoming when you view it as like plant-based versus like vegetarian or or vegan. I know vegans a little bit different, but I could see how that language is a little bit more welcoming to people. Um,
2: yeah, and I have friends who are hardcore vegans and and activists. You know, they'll go to different uh, events and they're very active in the vegan. And I I commend them. I think that's it's it's great. Um, I got into I I sort of broadened my knowledge watching documentaries on veganism, plant-based, the animal world. Um, and so I have a lot of respect for them for being that, that person. Um, but uh, I'm I'm not there yet, you know.
0: When it comes to like the plant-based thing, was there like when you started having more of a plant-based diet, were there things that started popping up from a nutrition perspective or that you were seeing change in your health or your life that really kind of pushed you more towards that? Because Obviously, that's a lot of what you're doing now. So I'm assuming there's something attached there.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, one, I find a lot of people who eat plant-based they don't struggle so much with weight. You know, they start to find that the weight sort of sheds um, naturally, and uh, they're able to keep more lean because they're not having all this extra saturated fat in their in their diet. Um, there's different diets out there, you know, they, they, you've got the keto diet, and you've got all these sort of um, fad diets that go around in circles, right? With the um, South, was it the South Beach diet, like years ago? And um, I'm really, again, like not a label person, I, I don't ever advocate for one specific um, diet, especially a fad diet. So I just always you know, tell people that I work with, if you just cho- chose, um, <clears throat> fruits and vegetables more often and eat this way more often rather than limit yourself, you know, you're going to see great results.
1: Yeah. Our, our dietitian um, that we have here is, is, is strongly against like diets. She, she talks more about like intuitive eating and it's sort of like, you know, as opposed to a plant-based diet, it's like more plant-based eating, right? Exactly. Like, why is it always a diet exactly and and I think like historically probably diet had is it was more just about like what you eat but now diet is more about you know losing weight and changing your sort of morphology or whatever
2: absolutely Uh, and And I feel like as soon as you say the word diet it it brings in your mind a picture of a time frame you know I'm going on a diet Mm. as opposed to just let's just change your diet and so that it's just your lifestyle and that I think is is really important for kids you know, teaching them that it's not that food is good or bad; it's just like l- this is just how we eat. Um, and speaking of the intuitive eating, that's the one thing that um, in my nutrition training was taught was uh, eating until you're eighty percent full, and learning how to um, pay attention to those sense receptors in your uh. digestion and eating slowly so that you have time to digest. And uh, so now I'll hear my eight-year-old say you know, I'll say, are you done? And she's like, yep, I'm 80%. I'm like, okay, I can't argue with that. <laughs> Mind you, then like half an hour later, she's like, is there dessert?
0: <laughs> so, she's 80% done with the vegetables. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As
2: my dad used to say, my my uh, dinner pouch is full, but my dessert pouch feels empty. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, Yeah, I think um, learning that it's a lifestyle at a young age is, is super important and I think I, I like what you, I don't know if it was you, Don, that said it, like what's just like a small time frame, or I think maybe it was you, Holly, that brought mm-hmm. it up. Um, when you think of diet, it's like, oh, I'm going to go on this diet for 14 weeks before Christmas so I can lose this weight or whatever, you know? And I think that it's kind of coming back to that all or nothing type principle, which we know from like a longevity standpoint or like a consistency standpoint, it's just not sustainable to, to view it that way.
2: Right. It almost sets you up to fail because you're like, I'm just going to go gangbusters for this like six week period. And then what happens after, right? What happens after you go off the diet? Usually the statistics show that they, the weight comes back on. And you know, so, um, it's just about promoting lifelong health and teaching that, to children how important that is rather than and you know and making choices it's okay to have chips it's okay to have ice cream it's okay to have you know but how often are we choosing it as long as you're balancing that out with a well-balanced diet in your day or your week then you're good
1: yeah we always say in our house like food is food right it's not good food or bad food it's just it's just food um but you know when you're making food choices you know um you know, it's important to, to think about like nutrients and, right. you know, what, what, you know, why are you not full after you eat
2: that? Right. right. And you can teach um, kids too. Um, you know, like how does sugar make you feel? Right. Right. When you eat too much of it, I had an experience with my son, it was his birthday and, and he just overdid it. He was like, I think it was his 14th birthday. So he just went gangbusters with treats that day. And he was, paying for it that night you know he didn't feel well and he learned the lesson the hard way that that didn't feel very good um and the same experience with my daughter uh she had a reaction to red dye in in food and she said to me it's not it's not me mommy it's the it's the it's the it's the food or something she it's like intuitively she knew that that whatever she ate or took didn't agree with her and so teaching them like to be aware of how how does it make you feel when you eat sugar yeah you feel kind of gross later you know
0: yeah and i think those education pieces are so important because it's not like this is new like when we were when we were younger like when we were kids like our parents just weren't maybe educating us on this stuff. It's not like all of a sudden now we're we're realizing like, oh, this makes you bad. It's always been that way, but it's just identifying that that's what it is and educating people on like, hey, you're not supposed to feel this way or this isn't normal response to eating this food. Like we need to maybe look into this and figure out how we can have that not be the situation. Exactly.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, as like a nutritionist, I'm sure you've had those experiences with people who – didn't even realize how crummy they were always feeling until they sort of transitioned um, their eating habits and patterns and kind of eliminated, you know, the abundances of certain things, whether it's you know sugar or lack of lack of you know healthy fats or whatever that is, or maybe they were under under fueling and didn't realize why they were always feeling the way they were feeling it exactly. becomes like this baseline, right? Yeah. You're, if your baseline is garbage, you don't realize how good life could be.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And that was a big iron opener. I did my um, precision nutrition training and I, uh, i actually did their program for a year and then I did their nutrition training after that. And, um, I, yeah, you can't believe how good you feel when you're eating well and, you know, moving your body. And I think, like you said, for most people, the average Canadian really has like a pretty uh, low quality baseline (laughs) for the most part and so they don't even know that they could feel so much better if they just eliminate you know they'll say oh I'm not sleeping well Um, I had this experience with alcohol you know I would have a glass of wine after dinner and and then I wouldn't sleep well or I'd be up at three in the morning or I'd wake up in the next morning and my stomach would hurt and I'd be like oh maybe if I cut that out and see how that you know so it's worth always playing around with the different things in your diet and like you said, eliminating them and see, does it, do I feel better? You know?
0: Um, I'd love to, I'd love to jump into like, you know, what prompted you to start your business. Like obviously learning about all these things and implementing them into your life is one thing, but deciding like, okay, I'm going to start my own business and jump into this is a little different. So I'd, I'd love for you to take us through that story.
2: Yeah. So I've actually been teaching kids, uh, cooking classes since 2018 um, I used to run it like an after-school program um, out of a school, and and I, I loved that aspect of it. Um, and then COVID hit, and we had to shut down. And so I I took a year off, and I was like, you know, I, I just can't imagine teaching kids how to cook online. That just feels wrong to me. Like we, with the smells and the senses, and you know, you're not you you're just not get, getting all of that. And so then it came to January 2021, and I thought, OK, this isn't really going away, so I need to embrace this. So I offered an online class series for children, and. Um, And that was great. It had its own benefits in the sense that I could reach kids that weren't in the Hamilton area. Uh, So I had some kids that were up north in northern Ontario that would log in. I had kids out west that would log in. And so we had, you know, this representation from all over the place. And um, there was also something to be said for kids cooking in their own family kitchen. Mm. And really, like, learning the layout and the tools. And, you know, so that when they went to make that meal again, they would be able to some familiarity about it, um, but I definitely missed the in-person, so lucky we've gone back to that now, um, and it's it's wonderful.
1: Now, you've done some stuff where you actually go into people's houses, and and like, you know, because that, that's generally how it works, those cooking classes. You'll go in to people's houses mm-hmm. and actually do a class with them in their kitchen, which is, I think it's just so cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Be so, able
1: to learn like where the things are.
2: Yeah. And just learn like, you know, a simple plant-based meal that, you know, maybe they're like, we want to try, but we don't know what to do. Or, you know, I hear that a lot from adults, you know, I'd love to eat more this way. But I don't know where to start. So, um, yep. So with adults, I will, you know, they'll have me into their home. They'll have a few friends over, and we'll we'll make a meal together, and then they sit down and eat. Um, sometimes I have clients that are just like, I just want the food. So, you know, I'll either go to their house and cook five meals at once, and then leave all of the food for them to eat that week. Um, and then I run a program where I offer one meal a week, where I cook it and deliver it to them, so it's not. Uh, taking up their kitchen space, but they at least get that one meal a week that's already prepped and, uh, ready to go.
1: We'll have to talk about that.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love it. I would love to dive a little deeper into like the kids stuff. Cause I'm, I'm curious, like what has been like some of the things you see them take away from having you either in their home or the online stuff. Like what, what are they taking away from these, these sessions?
2: Well, it's, um, you know, we talk about love languages and stuff, and I love seeing those kids, the look on their face when they finished making a meal or they finished something and they're so proud of themselves. Like, I can't believe I did that because, you know, a lot of kids, um, their parents don't want them to. Cook because they're nervous about them, you know, that while well, there's a stove, they could get burned, there's knives, they could get cut. Um, and so I'm a big advocate. I mean, my background is in Montessori education, which is all about independence in children and giving them real tools to create. And so, you know, every cooking class that the kids come to, they get real knives to, to use and they look at me like, really I'm going to use this and um so it's about teaching them you know how to hold it so that they don't cut themselves and respect the tools so they don't and you know sometimes they do get a little cut and they learn real quickly where not to put their fingers um (laughs) nothing ever serious you know that a band-aid can't fix but um but it only happens once maybe twice and then they're like oh okay i you know I got this um but uh Yeah, just that look on their face, because sometimes it's something that they haven't been allowed to do at home. And so then they can go home and be like, look, mom, dad, I can actually do this, you know, and then the parents are like, oh, all right. Yeah, we'll give you some more independence here. And and away they go. So,
1: yeah, I think it's really cool. I mean, coming from a parenting perspective on my on my end, I I sometimes struggle with my kids from kind of like being in that sort of teaching role. Or like, they often don't want to necessarily listen to me or sort of be guided um, by a parent. And so I think it's, that's what I think is so amazing about um, that class is that you are starting with young kids because there's lots of opportunities for adults and teens and stuff like that. But young kids, there's just no one out there doing this sort of thing. Right. Um, and it's so important to start young to get them comfortable in the kitchen and to create that sort of empowerment around food. Right? Yes. as to being so dependent right
2: yes um, absolutely yeah so the youngest um they start with me as four we have one class that's four to eight-year-olds and then i have a class for eight-year-olds and up and nice. they they function very differently the older kids really take the reins and do everything from like reading the recipe and making they're all hands on making their own meals whereas the younger children we sort of collaborate and we're all making one meal together and then they get to take a piece of it home or uh eat it there um it depends on what it is last night was molten lava cakes and none of them went home they all ate them right there yeah. so that wouldn't last. no it didn't last but uh, they loved it um but yeah important and also like uh having that opportunity to talk to them about how food fuels their body. And, uh, you know, we've had kids with different allergies. So explaining how we accommodate those. I had a little boy in one of my very first classes that had an egg anaphylactic egg allergy so I had to quickly learn like, okay, we're not using eggs. So what are we going to use? And so, you know, teaching the kids how you can make a flax egg, you know, and their parents like, what's a flax egg? Like, are you kidding me? And um, you know, showing them like, you know, sometimes you want to bake cookies and you open your fridge and you have no eggs in there. If you have flax seed in your cupboard, you can make an egg, you know, and they're just like blown away. yeah.
0: Yeah, the word like empowerment comes to mind when I think about this and and even education too as well. And I can see how, you know, learning this at a young age could give them the confidence like later in life. Like let's say they move into high school or even going into university, like to have those skills and that understanding at that age, I think is powerful because I can see, you know, even myself not back when I was in university or high school, like not knowing those things is what keeps you from feeling in control of being able to make these meals that are healthy, right? So it's so, it's so much easier for you to be like, well, I'll just go to Subway or I'll just go to McDonald's because it's easy and I don't have to think about it. And, you know, a lot of the unknown can be scary. Like if you don't know how to cook or what foods or how to cut things, you're like, you're scared to do it or worried about doing it. So you're just not going to do it. Exactly. And I think that, that's where I can see a big benefit even like down the road for sure. Yeah.
2: And hopefully it will carry with them. Right. And even teaching them things like last week we did fresh rolls and so teaching them, they each made their own dipping sauce, like a peanut um, based dipping sauce and teaching them like, like taste it. Like, do you like the taste of it? And some of them are like, Oh no, I don't like the taste of it. So then, I would taste it and I would say, okay, well, what do do you think it needs more of? Like, should we put more lime juice in it? Should we put more maple syrup in it? Should you put more chili flakes in it? So teaching them like to figure out what does it need, you know, and and that discernment by taste, um, because that's another skill that's going to carry with them as they get older, you know, and and make their food taste better. Like it just needs a little bit more acid or it needs a little bit more sweetness or, right.
1: I think that translates also into like a dining experience as well when you can like taste food and sort of like pick up on those nuances of like, what is it that's making this so, so yummy. It so kind of makes, makes like dining out like a bit more of an experience even beyond like the social, beyond like the fueling aspect of, you know?
2: Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Has there been any like takeaways or, or learning experiences that you've gotten feedback on from the parents of the kids that are in the class?
2: Uh, takeaways uh, mostly they're um, they're excited about their children's excitement to cook Mm. and um, and how much fun that they have and then they can take that that energy and bring it home and replicate it in their own kitchen Uh, and I think just learning some of those things like you know about how to make Dishes differently, And a lot of times parents will say, oh, I didn't, uh, I don't know how to cook actually. So, you know, I, I get by, but I'm not a good cook. They'll say that. And so, um, they're sending their child because they feel like they don't have the skills to, to teach them,
0: mm.
2: you know? So that's really impactful. It makes you feel like, wow, you are making a big difference. And, and then by default, maybe the parent is learning as well. So
0: If, um, if someone is like listening to this and they're thinking, oh, I might be interested in in implementing more of a plant-based diet into my, into my life, what are some like easy steps that people can start to do now that can increase their ability to have more of a plant-based diet?
2: Yeah, there's lots of things you can do, but I would say the easiest is, uh, just to start to up your fruits and vegetables. You know, like at every meals, try to have something that's green, red, you know, um, and, and then work towards one meal a day. Um, you know, there's, a, there's actually a whole book based around that theory of just changing one meal a day to a plant-based um, a meal and how that can impact your health specifically, but also the environmental impact that that will have and the ripple effect it will have in society. Um, but I think when you approach it that way, uh, and if that's too much, you could start with one meal a week, you know, just start with one dinner, um, each week and then, you know, or try to make your lunch something that doesn't have, uh, meat in it.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just from like a, uh, like sustenance slash like fullness perspective, what are some of your like easy go-tos for um for like a lunch like so like what would your be like your protein replacement be for example
2: for a lunch yeah so definitely the healthy fats you have to add in some sort of a healthy fat or a plant-based uh protein and i know with meat eaters. I I grew up in a meat and potatoes family. So did my husband. Um, His parents actually owned a German fine dining restaurant, which was very meat and potato based. His (laughs) favorite food is still schnitzel. Um,
0: (laughs) Makes sense. Yeah.
2: So, um, so it's hard to, uh, to, to get, that's the first thing people say is, well, where am I going to get my protein if I don't eat meat? And what they don't realize is even vegetables have protein in them right so um, if you're filling I love the idea of, of a Buddha bowl for lunch so I'll fill a bowl with spinach or some sort of greens and then add in a grain so quinoa is really high in um, protein uh, this week I used farro super easy to make um, and again like if you're not familiar with these grains just go buy one you know go buy quinoa and cook that and try it and see how you like it Um and, uh, and then I would add uh, roasted chickpeas in there um, for some protein and then more veggies, different veggies, usually fresh veggies and roasted veggies, broccoli, roasted broccoli, diced cherry tomatoes, and then whatever dressing you have. You can make a homemade dressing or you can just throw a, um, a store-bought salad dressing on it and mix it up and it's like a complete meal all in one and it will keep you full till you go home
1: and i'm having flashbacks to like my nutrition courses back in uh in undergrad and i feel like chickpeas are a whole protein is that true i feel like they
2: i think so missing
1: any amino acids or something like that yeah they're
2: so yummy and you can roast i mean you can eat them right out of the can right but you can also roast them with uh i do like a maple sriracha um sauce on them they're so good
1: i do a spiced one i i I stole it from yoda motolenghi's cookbook he's like um like the middle eastern chef um uh, like salt and cardamom,
2: on I like oh, a dry like on a I'm
1: dry, dry pan. Oh, nice! Yeah, it's really,
0: not really yummy too. Yeah, I'm taking notes. I'm a, I'm a meat <laughs> guy.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So I try. Uh, it's funny because I'm laughing because my my girlfriend and I have been trying to have one, like kind of one of our meals be like totally plant based. That's been our like goal. Goal. And I would say she's definitely more like open to. I mean, not that I'm not open, but she's more of like, Yeah, I'll have more plant based stuff where I'm like, Yeah, I like my my meat. So I'm trying to have one more like plant based meal. Um and just even like hearing you talk about the bootable, it's it's an easy way to incorporate that into a lunch. Like I could definitely yeah. and the nice I can definitely the, do that.
2: Yeah, the nice thing with the Buddha bowl is like you can you can have it all separate and then everybody just adds whatever they want. So if you don't like cherry tomatoes, you can add cucumber, you know? So right. you can make it up, have it in the fridge for the week and then everybody just takes what they want and makes their own little customized uh bootable
0: yeah yeah no i love that i think those are those are great great tips for for people to get started and i'm gonna make some mental notes
1: (laughs) struggling with that harrow upbringing huh (laughs) yeah yeah
0: the old small town upbringing um and i just i do enjoy meat um, but, uh, I'd love to talk a little bit about like the snacks subscription. I know you brought in a couple treats for us. Yeah. Is that part of like what you do for like the snacks or is there, is yeah. there more to it? I'd love to hear more.
2: About yeah. That. So those are the snacks I'm making this week. So, uh, for my customers this week, that's their treat. Um, those are, cookie dough balls. They taste like like who doesn't eat, like eating raw yeah. cookie dough. Um, but this is sort of a healthy version of that. So you get, um, the flavor without the risk of salmonella. Yeah, <laughs> There's no eggs in them. Um, but yeah, so that, that idea actually came from a parent and I try really hard to listen to clients and parents when they come to me and say, um, you know, you know what would go over really well is if we had, if you did this, you know, and sometimes I listen to it and go, okay, uh, maybe I'll think about it. And then other times I'm like, yes, that's a great idea. I have to implement that. So this was an idea from a parent who said, you know, what would go over really well is parents that struggle with just that healthy snack or what can I put in my kid's lunchbox, um, without going to the grocery store and buying, store-bought muffins that are you know laden with seed oils and preservatives and all kinds of stuff so so that's where this idea came from so i offer a four-week subscription at a time so they pay for four weeks and every week they get a different healthy treat delivered to their doorstep Uh, so it's either muffins energy balls granola bars i can't think of what the last thing i do on the month was cookies some sort of a healthy cookie yeah yeah
0: no i love the idea i think it's great i think it's i think it's a great like from from a business perspective it's great and i think it's definitely like delivering a value to to parents um again it just takes that like thinking of all right what do i get for from a snack perspective because you know again time is of the essence and you know you go in the grocery store and you're just bombarded with marketing and Mm -hmm. a lot of like stuff that might be labeled healthy but is hidden with some things that aren't so healthy so
2: exactly and a lot of people don't realize right when you buy the muffins in the grocery store that they taste really good but you know a lot of time there's those hidden ingredients that if you actually knew what was in them you'd be like oh you know yeah. that's why they're so high in calories and most people who go on the snack subscription don't come off.
0: Yeah and I mean the thing is and I, and I want to try Don brought them in so we're gonna have to try one now. Um, yes, I, I snuck out to uh, <laughs> to grab
1: these. You know, i I'm on the snack subscriptions. So, okay, uh, so he knows I know what these are all about.
0: But the thing with <laughs> the thing is, once you have something like this and you realize how good it is, you're like, oh, I can have something as delicious as as this, and it's healthy for and me. And it's healthy. People are just like, well, at least for me, I'm like, my mind goes, Phew, you yeah, know?
2: yeah, exactly. And that's what I want for people to like taste something and be like, oh, that's delicious. You know, I'll I'll, I'll take more of that. So This is uh, is very good. (laughs) So these have been dubbed actually by um, Don's wife and um, some of her friends. They call them holly balls because they become so popular. (laughs) So what is in this? (laughs) So these are uh, oats. Uh, These ones have ground almonds in them. For most of my clients, I do nut free Mm -hmm. um, so that they can send them in their kids' lunches. Or I have a few clients that have uh, nut allergies. Um, Oats, uh, maple syrup, almonds, sea salt... Vanilla, um, some sort of a nut butter or no nut butter. If there's a nut allergy, uh, coconut oil, and dairy-free chocolate chips.
0: It's delicious.
2: Do you know what Speedy. like
0: the? Sorry, I'm just. I'm gonna go into the. <laughs> do you know what like the calorie? I could find per, it for you. I would, I would have be interested it, yeah. only because like for my my knowledge, I'm I might jump on the snacks prescription and mm. toss them into my uh, my daily routine.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're good.
1: I was just gonna say you you referenced nut butter. I was I was gonna mention we uh, we recently had um, Nutty Hero on here, and they their nut butters are are totally all time. If you haven't yeah. tried oh, them, oh I yet, haven't. Holly, no, I will. Yeah, yeah, Arjun and Courtney. Courtney. They uh, they they knocked it out of the park with Sweet. these like four kind of custom um, blend of of nuts. It's like a twelve nut butter. Oh my gosh! So good. Yeah, they're
0: top notch.
2: That sounds great. Uh-huh. I will definitely add those in. Take yeah, a I'm a fan of it.
0: the the coconut one, which caught me off guard because I'm not a coconut guy. But their coconut nut butter, it's mixed with something else. It's phenomenal. I sea uh. salt. Yeah. yeah. Oh.
1: It's, it's so good. Yeah, but they've, they've got like their their flat flavor as well, that, or like flat. Their run-flavored butter. Yeah. And, okay. and it might be a good sort of foundation for yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, because
2: that's the thing. You have to find – some of them have a very distinct taste, right? So that would be great so that you have more of a neutral – taste to start.
0: Um, I'd love to transition a little bit into like how it's been just, just being an entrepreneur and, and starting your own business and taking that leap on on your own.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's been great to be honest. Um, I grew up in a family. My mom worked uh, a corporate job her whole life um, and my dad was a serial entrepreneur he always had a business started or going or selling or um and and all over the place you know in terms of construction automotive industry uh all kinds of things so um so i kind of grew up seeing that lifestyle and uh it's just it's so freeing really to to um I, i was saying to my husband you know every dollar you make when you're an entrepreneur you had to go out and earn you know nobody nobody wrote you a paycheck just for showing up through the doors that morning um and so to me that's always so exciting you know when you have a new email come in and it's a client saying i'd love to order one of your meals this week or can i get on that snack subscription i heard about you know it's like uh it's there's just so much self-pride in the fact that um you know people are enjoying what you're offering Mm -hmm. you know you guys must feel the same when you have feedback here that's just like it's just a feeling you can't get when you when you work for someone else so
1: yeah I think you you were mentioning a a really cool story that strikes home on that front before we started the podcast when when your daughter was talking about how proud she is of you it's I mean I think that nothing beats that right
2: no, it's amazing. And uh, it was a big transition for her um, because I've always worked outside of the home and in close proximity to her. And so, um, you know, she was like, this is a big change, you know, and at the age where she can recognize that there's this is a big shift happening in our family and how is this going to go over? Um, we talk a lot about silver linings and how everything happens for a reason. And Um, so now she'll say to me, Ooh, mommy, this is like a silver lining. I was telling Don before we started the podcast, we took our kids to great Wolf Lodge and was able to kind of take off, um, you know, kind of in the off season and do that. Whereas I wouldn't have been able to do that before. So I'll say to her, Hey, Stella, this is another silver lining, you know? And it's just, I I say to my husband all the time, I don't think I would ever go back to working corporate or working for someone else again, because it's just, it's so satisfying and um, freeing to be able to work your own schedule and, you know, write your own paycheck.
1: Yeah. Entrepreneurs don't make good employees. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't last long as an employee (laughs) when I moved into the physio profession. Um, any things that you found challenging though, you know, and and I know you're are you solely running your your own business like just you? Just me. Yeah, so anything you found challenging with like trying to balance all those hats cuz I got I have two other hats that have heads underneath them here, so it's it's a lot easier for uh, for me. I don't have to balance all of them. Yes. <laughs> and I'm sure Dawn would say the same, so I couldn't imagine like trying to do a lot of what we do for the three of us on our, on your own so I'd love to hear how that's been.
2: Yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm small enough right now that I can manage it. I think if I had multiple people, you know, working with me, it would be a bit more intense cuz you're kind of keeping on top of what everybody else is doing and there's more hands In the pot um so then i know oh i spoke to that customer you know i know exactly what she needs or i know Mm. their allergies that's another big one for me you know if somebody says we cannot have xyz in the house i have to be on top of like okay when i'm cooking for them you know everything has to be um okay for their family but um no in in terms of that um i find it's been easy i just managing time so, you know, all three of my kids are in school all day, so I have my days to really focus on my business and, uh, you know, not not working when I don't need to be working. You know, it's very easy in this day and age to be checking emails at 10 o'clock at night and responding to clients. And um, and so just kind of keeping that in check is probably the hardest part, especially when you're an entrepreneur because you're excited about it, you know, so you want to, you, you could work all the time. Um, So just keeping that balance, family, life. And that's the other uh, biggest impact I think I've had since becoming an entrepreneur is having this balance of being able to, like I said, I'm going to the gym after we finish this podcast and it's the middle of the day. (laughs) Being able to do that as well as fit your work in, um, I feel makes for such a better life, you know.
1: Yeah, we, we often say like, you know, When we uh, a while back, I I was I did did a bunch of traveling, some for work, some not for work. But I felt a little bit guilty at first. I was like, ah, you know, like I was just traveling for work. Really, really, should I be going again? And uh, Dalton was the one that said, you know, we didn't really we didn't start this business to, you know, work all the time. We started this business so we had the flexibility to do these things with our family or for ourselves. Or um, and so I think that's one thing that's consistent probably across um, entrepreneurship, but you have to keep it in check. Right. As far Mm -hmm. as like, you know, that original why, right. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think it's easy for people to see the, like to see that and be like, Oh, you know, you're so lucky. Like you get to do that, but there's so much sacrifice and effort that goes into like, even putting yourself in the position to be able to do something like that, that sometimes, you know, will go unnoticed. Um, like when people are just scrolling through Instagram and they see something or whatever, you know? So, um, I think a lot of times you get snippets of people in the entrepreneur world and, and it looks very like sunshine and, and rainbows, which there's a lot of that, and there's a lot of great opportunities and a lot of things that you can do with it, but it's definitely a lot of sacrifice and a lot of hard work. Like, I've probably never worked this much in my life in terms of the hours that we put in here, and and that's and I always say that I chose that and it's by choice, and, I, and I'm very glad that I did, but I think a lot of times people don't talk about so much about that side of entrepreneurship. Like in like you're talking about trying to not be on your phone all the time and like shut it down and spend time with your family and separate the two. Like those are challenges that, that aren't easy to to manage sometimes. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And I feel like being a risk taker, right? Like any entrepreneur is, is taking a big, Risk, You know, it's like this can either go or it cannot go. (laughs) And uh, at the end of the day, you're the one that's left holding the bag or, you know, having to uh, figure out how to pay your mortgage. So, um, yeah, there's there's an element of risk there. Yeah, I
0: definitely wake up with uh, from nightmares of I'm on the street.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sleeping in in your car. Yeah, I think
1: think we've all been working pretty hard. I feel like. whenever we have these quarterly business meetings and we always all three of us end up coming around to like, okay, like all of our business things seem to be in check, but we've got to dial in our personal lives.
0: (laughs) It's constant balance. Yeah. Yeah. Check the balance. We're still so young in in the game of like being entrepreneurs too. Like it's, we're only what, like a year and a half going on two years into it. It's like there's, there's so much you learn about how to manage all that stuff. So it's also trying to have some perspective around, around that and being easy on yourself at times that you're you're kind of learning yeah
2: for sure
1: i mean you, you were kind of referencing like the systems for like you know keeping you know who has which allergies and who do i who can i cook like whose meals can I cook together and whose can I not? Mm -hmm, So, um, I imagine you're starting to figure out kind of systems and processes around that, right?
2: Yeah. And timelines, you know, like, okay, so if my meals are going out on Tuesday and I have this many meals, you know, how many hours is that going to take? And, you know, balancing that with your family's life and, uh, and those kinds of things. So yeah, it is about developing, it's it's about taking an idea and turning it into like a well-oiled machine you know by the end of it and so, that takes time and yeah f- and failures yeah and you make mistakes <laughs> yeah. and uh you know hopefully your clients are forgiving and uh you know they you know so far so good try so. to
0: find those silver linings yeah you know? exactly <laughs>
2: exactly
0: um let's transition into some rapid fire questions here before we wrap up Um, So we did have a little bit of coffee and I know you said you're a coffee person. So we'll start there What is like one of your favorite local coffee shops? Uh,
2: Local coffee would be Domestique. Very nice. Yeah
1: You're a pretty active person. I see you hiking and walking around town a lot Um, What would, would you say is your favorite like trail around to like to get moving on whether it's hiking, running, biking?
2: Yeah, I love the conservation any, any trail in the Dundas Conservation I love, but I probably would say the peak, because I can pretty much get from my house to the peak and back within an hour or so, and then you get the view when you get up there. So Yeah,
1: the little Z-trail's nice.
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. What
0: would be one of your favorite like local plant-based um, restaurants or places to frequent?
2: Oh, that's a hard question, because there's not a ton of places that do um, fully plant-based. Uh but the one I love uh, the most right now is shy's Place um, up on Highway 5 on yeah, the way to Waterdown. They've been there, yeah. Yeah, they, uh, anything basically that they can, they'll accommodate the menu for you. But they do offer a lot of vegetarian and, and plant-based options too. So, yeah, I love them. Um, and then um, my other favorite would be India Village for, for vegetarian options.
0: Oh, yeah. I still rave about those. Whatever I don't even know the name of them, but Don, when that's we had our open house here, he ordered these. What was it? Pequora. Yeah. Oh man. Those things are so good. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
2: Indian food is like the only food where my stomach is saying no and my mouth just keeps saying yes. And and then by the end I'm like, oh, that was more than 80%. <laughs> uh,
1: around here that's pizza
0: as well. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Definitely.
0: Um, who is one person that you think would be good for us to have on the podcast?
2: Oh... You know who would be great is um, Kate Quigley. Do you know Kate Quigley? Mm. She, uh, another entrepreneur, um, left her full-time gig to start her own business. I believe it's called uh, Clutter, from Clutter to Curate. Yes. So I've had her into my my house. Yes. She's (laughs) a magician. She is like literally a magician. I've had her into my house multiple times. Um, and she basically helps you transform your space into some people would say, oh, she's a professional organizer, but she's way more than that. So, um, she kind of holds space for you to make decisions about your, um, stuff and what's going to go and, you know, and finds a place for everything. And then, um, just, it's incredible how the energy starts to flow once you've got your house in order for some people. It's their work environment or their home office or, um, Yeah, Uh, music studios. I know she's done a lot of music studios and things like that. Uh, but it's amazing. Mm. She's just amazing.
1: Yeah. I think she, she'd be great. Yeah. It sounds like, yeah, I know know who you're speaking of now. And I think like, it's cool. Like what you're referencing is that it sounds like she, she works on that mindset as well. Right. It's not just like, she doesn't just come in and like purge your, purge your life. It's more helping you sort of identify like, well, why do you, why do you why do you want to hold on to this? Exactly. Like, oh, actually, maybe I don't.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And she gives you the permission to 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 let things go, you know, because um, oftentimes I think we hold on to things thinking, well, my grandmother gave that to me, you know, and then she'll help you work through those <laughs> feelings of why do you feel like you need to hold on to that. So, like when I say she's a professional organizer, I know you can pay people to come into your house and just do the job. It's way more than that. So yeah, it's pretty magical.
1: I think I think most often when people are really good at their job, there's a whole lot more psychology than um, than just the actual, you know, hard skills of like whatever that is, whether it's cooking or physio or um, home organization. Yeah. But, you know, that yeah. Psychology behind it is is really that's where the magic happens. Right. Yeah. You know, that, that people piece.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Anybody can do a job, but when you kind of put your background and your knowledge behind it, it's it's pretty magical.
0: Last question. Um, What does move local mean to you?
2: Oh, move local to me means community and uh, supporting. I'm such a loyal person. Like if I find like a local restaurant or coffee shop or whatever, a a store, um, and I connect with the people in that, then it's like, I want to continue to support that. So, uh, I feel like Dundas is so good for that. You know, you can, you can go into the, the printed word and, you know, say, can you get this book in for me? And like, boom, it's in like that, you know, as opposed to driving your car to Burlington and going to a big box store. And, um, so I just love that small community supportive, environment
0: love it holly thanks so much for taking the time and bringing your amazing snacks and (laughs) bringing your insight into plant-based eating and what you do with the kids that you work with Um, i'd love to hear where people can find you if they want to join your class or they want to get on this snack subscription, which I highly recommend um, <laughs> any of that stuff. Where can they find you? Yeah.
2: The best place is probably Instagram nourish cooking co is on Instagram or Facebook. Um, both of those places. We also have a website, nourishcookingcompany.com. cooking um, But yeah, any of those three.
1: Amazing. Well, it sounds like both Dalton and I will be reaching out myself for meals and, and Dalton for snacks. So yeah, it sounds we'll great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks guys.